Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the VFC podcast. Today, I am joined by Holly Jonathan, and from the Ladies League podcast, it's, and the Melbourne Vikings, it's Bonnie. Uh, today, we are here to talk about uh, Wellington Phoenix Woman versus Melbourne Victory from this past weekend. Who would like to start us off today? Oh. First of all, I'd like to um, say hi to Bonnie. Uh, so Bonnie is um, famous for both being one of the um, people on the Ladies League's podcast, um, the Massive Dub podcast, I believe it's called. Um, so she's a weekly, usually weekly occurrence on there, which I enjoy listening to. Um, and she's also part of the Victory Vikings, which is the Melbourne Victory Women's Supporters Group. Um, so actually, Dean and I went down to the game on uh, Sunday, and uh, Bonnie was very kind and picked us up from the airport and drove us to lunch, and then drove us to the game, and then drove us back to the airport. And we had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. Um, so I don't know whether we want to start with sort of uh, reactions to the game or what you thought. Uh, Bonnie, did you want to start? Uh, I'm happy to go with whatever flow you guys have got. Like, I'm the guest. I'll just go with what you guys have got. So if you want me to talk about the game from my perspective, then I'm happy to start from there. Indeed. Go for it. Well, I'll be a bit selfish and I'll say that I'm happy to get the three points because God knows my team needed that three points. <laughs> um, but, I mean, how can we talk about the game without talking about the fact that the players were playing in, I don't even know what the temperature was in the end. I think I'd rather not know what the temperature was because, like, you know, Holly, we were sitting in the shade, like in the stands, in the shade, and we were feeling it. I went through, like, three bottles of water uh, in the first half alone. So that that was pretty just I felt so bad. Like, if you're having to schedule a drinks break in the middle of a half – then there is a problem. Like this is a professional league where they should be able to just play their 45, have their halftime, play their other 45. You shouldn't be having to pause the game for a drinks break. And so the players could get a whole heap of wet towels uh, on their necks and their faces to cool themselves down. So I don't know what the APL's plan is. Um, We've already seen one of our games. Our Newcastle game has been scheduled. It's now a little bit later in the day to avoid a little bit of heat or whatever the reason they've done that for. But, yeah, someone needs to get their act together with that because broadcasting is not an issue this year. You don't have to sort of fit it to what the broadcaster's time slots want to be. This is basically just you can sort of play it whenever. So that's a real issue. Um, the game the game was, I wouldn't say it was great. Like if you're a neutral, it's probably not the most entertaining game. I think it was a little bit of a battle of the midfield um, but I don't, I don't know. Our, our midfield composition isn't great. Like there's just this giant hole in the midfield that any team can sort of expose. KK's not really been that impressive. I don't know how other people feel, but from my perspective, I don't think she's been that impressive, but I mean, it's her, it's her third game back, new coach, new system, new team. I don't begrudge her that, but I'd be playing someone like Zoyce. Um, I could sort of go on forever, so I don't really want to take up too much. <laughs> like, someone please stop me. I had actually, I when when you posted something pre-season under the Victory Vikings, you're like, who's going to be our first goal scorer? And I was like, it's going to be Paige Zeus. And then, like, it hasn't happened. I'm like, oh, 
I'm I'm shattered she's not even getting on the field. Like, I know she had a little bit of a niggle because after the first two games, she's been training solo with the uh, fitness coach after the games when she hasn't come on. Um, So I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I don't know if it's a little bit like, oh, you've signed Kellen Knight, so you have to play Kellen Knight, that sort of thing because I'd be playing Zoyce. Zoyce is the future of our midfield for as long as we can hold on to her, which I don't imagine being that long. She's actually such a good player. She had a phenomenal NPL season. Um, and she spent a couple of years working with Amy Jackson and working with Kayla Morrison and, and Claudia Bunch and working with the defence. She knows how this team plays. She knows the right spots to be. And Jeff himself has said that he sees her as the six. Um and you've got a slightly out of form Kellen Knight and Zoyce cannot just get on the field. And when she did come on the field on Sunday, she came out wide. Uh, she was put out wide in in place of Privatelli. Uh, but Zoyce is good. Like she can sort of play anywhere across the midfield in the front. So that, like I'm not worried about that, but she's very good in the six. And I think that's where she should be playing. So what sorry. On the, sorry, the Phoenix uh, performance. Just before we carry on, if you enjoyed what Bonnie just said and that type of analysis of the game, then the Ladies League podcast is the one for you because they actually, like, we generally on this podcast will wax lyrical and kind of go over stuff, whereas the ladies on the Ladies League podcast actually dive into some of the stuff. So shout out to Bonnie and the team who do that because we, I, as a, you know, from as an outsider looking in, I really enjoy that kind of conversation. So thank you, Bonnie. We will try and endeavour to do a bit more ourselves. Um, so let's jump around a bit because I like to jump around a bit. Let's talk about the let's go back and talk about the heat because it, it killed our players. Like, um, Alyssa was just killed by the heat. Literally. Well, not literally, but, you know, figuratively. Um, so, do you think all games should be played at the, at least a stadium with lights so that they can uh, delay it as much as possible? Because I reckon the game shouldn't be played in that state. If they are, um, if they are at a point where they need multiple drink breaks, and I think it was the half even. That's not good. You know, they're not healthy. We would, I like to harp on about, you know, discrepancies, but that was just too unsafe for me. I wasn't, there were some points of that thing where I was actually uncomfortable watching it. I don't know what you guys think, but for me, it's, not good. I think for me, like Bonnie said, even as a fan, it was pretty gruelling. Um, there's a good turnout from the Wellington Phoenix Melbourne supporters group, but they went and all stood in the sun, which was incredible. And I don't know how they did it, but even in the shade, it was horrible. And I think on the broadcast, you can see a lot of how bad Alyssa, like the the state that Alyssa Wynnum was in, but like when, when she was walking, she was walking towards us and she could barely walk and it was just, it was really awful. We were like, I hope it's just the heat and it's not a, like a horrible concussion because she could barely walk. And I think 
I mean, players are like any employee, they're entitled to a safe workplace. Uh, and obviously, no workplace is totally safe, but the employers are supposed to do risk assessments and take steps to minimise risk. And I, I think the league is failing massively in doing this. Um, I know it's hard to change fixtures because you've got sort of fans who've made plans and things like that, but there's so many 3 p.m. kickoffs and 4 p.m. kickoffs and 2 p.m. kickoffs. And in the places where it gets hot, I just think that's not acceptable. Yeah, that was I I watched that bit on TV and like Alyssa was standing in the midfield kind of in the circle and then she suddenly like and then play was more down our end and then she suddenly turned and started walking towards the stand, disappeared off the screen altogether. Um, and that's when the ref blew the whistle. And then the next thing you know, there's two of the Phoenix staff helping her to stand up and basically kind of half carrying, half dragging her off the field. If that is not enough signal that something's wrong, I don't know what is. Sure, she, I mean, if we're talking about health and safety, we probably need to lodge a report about Claudia Chico, who managed to hit Alyssa in the head in the first half by accident, um, oh. which probably didn't help. But that heat, that heat was grueling. And seeing Alyssa in that state was just like, that was that was yeah um and no i won't go into that i'll rant later no rant now go on okay did we want um, to address the the actual performance of the team that aside did anyone want to start uh bonnie actually had asked you before what was your sort of take on on that I I like the Knicks squad. I mean, you've been in the se- the in the dub for a season and three games. So, like, I'm sure you guys are pretty like grounded in that you're not expecting to sort of take over the world really quickly. But no. I like this. This is a squad with a lot of potential. Um, it's a super young squad. It's really exciting. I'm a massive fan of Alyssa Wynnum. I was last season. I still am this season. I think she's going to be a really good player if you can hold on to her, if she doesn't get poached, which I think is, like, obviously you've already lost Grace Jarlett. Like that is the risk that comes with the Knicks, unfortunately, I think. if Like I don't mean to say it, but like if a bigger club comes in. So like look, if Sydney FC comes in for one of your players, like they're probably going to go. Um but uh, I don't know who the player is, and I'll like full honesty, I'm not a hundred percent certain on most of your players. But down your left hand side is where I found you guys got a lot of joy and were testing us a lot. The issue was though that pretty much all your shots were sort of like outside of the box, trying to beat a player and then like have a go, which is fine because every now and then those go in. But we've got probably, in my opinion, we've got the best shot stopper in the league in Casey Dumont. So it's going to need to be like that one in a million shot to get in. Um, so I think in terms of your like your final third play, you need to work on it a little bit. But it's only three games into the season. Thankfully, it's a longer season. You guys have time to grow into that. Um, but, yeah, a lot of shots just sort of from outside the box in hope. Um, and it's easier for us to close that down. So, yeah, work on the final third bit. But honestly, I love the Knicks, like up the Knicks, honestly. 
you are, we, we are like, we're in Zen right now because you're saying exactly what I said. So I even printed off props because I went on to the Key Park website and I was like, I want to see what happened in that game. And like Michaela Foster took two shots, two attempts from miles out. Miles out. Like it would have been an absolute miracle for for those to get in. So Bonnie, you're bang on. Like for me and Jonathan who cover the team locally here, like um we have been so impressed by the amount of quality that been they've been able to acquire since last season. Like it's I'm not dissing the previous team, but it just come on nice and bounds to what was the season before. I think that's some of the credit for um so we we had three shots total and none of them were in the box. Um and they were pretty much at um Casey Dumont. And I think that's partly a credit to how good the victory defence are when you've got people like Kayla Morris and Claudia Bunge. They're not, you can't, they're not silly, you know. It, it takes a lot of effort to get get through them. And I know we tried to slip through through some balls that just didn't come together. But I think the thing for me being there that was most frustrating about the performance, as much as there were really, really promising passages of play, the amount of wayward passes mm-hmm. was really frustrating. Um, and some of them were like unforced, like no pressure situations that were wayward passes. Um, one of the wayward passes like went out for like to concede a corner kick. Um, there was one pass that was probably, I think, the worst moment of the whole match for me. And again, there were lots of really good moments in the match. But at one point, I think in the 24th minute, we were awarded a free kick at about halfway. The player took it. They turned and they played it back to one of the other backs. We then turned it, turned around and played it back to Bree. And that's totally like unpressured. And I, I know that those long balls forward can be, um, you know, a low percentage of success, but that just bewildered me. And yeah, the, the, the amount of passes, like probably six, went straight out. And I just, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what, to do about them, I don't know whether it's a matter of the team still getting used to each other. So part of that too is that like we, there was there was ten minutes to go. The Knicks are down one nil, and they continue trying to play it out from the back. And um, Mackenzie Barry and Vandermeer and Bree are like this little triangle going around and around in a circle. And that's when Saskia Vosper come on and. Um, Oh, so, you know, like Zoe came on and it was like, we've got some runners. We need to attack. We are not going to score by going sideways in our own final third. Like, I think there's something to be said for playing out from the back. And I do admire them for it, because when you play it from the back, you draw the opposition team forward and you create space in the midfield to play passes because as I had just said before, a lot of those long balls, it's low percentage. You often just turn them over, but you do sort of your heart's in your mouth a little bit. And sometimes the ball needed to be played more quickly than it was. Um, But yeah, you are right. It can be frustrating to watch people playing it out of the back when you just want to see the ball forward. So we can actually try and get a a shot off because we only had three the whole match. 
kudos to Bree for her stage, though. She was actually our um, player of the match. I think she did really, really, really well. Um, and there were also a lot of people who worked really, really hard, as they always, as they always I think, are. I think your keeper is the reason that we didn't score a few more. Like, we had a couple of shots where I was like, this is going in, and then your damn keeper was, like, in the way. Um, so she was she was probably best on ground, like, between the two teams, I would say. Although Chids is amazing. Like, it's hard to be best on ground when Chidiak plays. But, yeah, your keeper frustrated me, and take that as the compliment. Let's talk. Let, let, um, I just want to talk about our key thing of education for a minute. Because we're going to have Lily back very, very shortly. Do you reckon she, now that Bree has been so, so good, that she'll struggle to get that first team spot back? That's one thing I was thinking of today when I was preparing for this. It just popped into my head. And sorry, I had a lot of random thoughts, but, you know, um, that's one thing I was thinking of when I was getting ready today. Anyone? It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting, Blake, because Lily is coming back from knee surgery. So it'll be interesting to see how that, that hampers her. Um, but just going sideways, there's been a lot of talk and discussion around the traps that Georgia Candy is a real monster between the sticks. And if she gets a start, she potentially could bump both of them. So I love Bree, she's amazing, but Georgia Candy, there's just she's got something about her. We haven't seen it yet. It's really difficult for keepers because you don't tend to get subbed unless there's an injury or someone's missing for some other reason. So it's really hard for them to get a chance. They often they sit on the bench, they don't get Anyway, so it's good to hear that, like, Candy is also a really good keeper. So we sort of have this, maybe a, a, we're spoiled for choice. But I think one thing that's been missing with Lily is not just her shot-stopping ability, but the leadership that she has, being the captain, being one of the most experienced plays, players on the park. And I know that, I believe it's due to her recovery time, she hasn't been able to travel with the team. Uh, so she wasn't at the match Um against Victory, and I'm assuming she won't be at the match against Canberra either, so you're actually missing her out of the locker room as well, even not just on the field. And so I think that makes it a bit of a challenge, especially because we had no Kate as well, um, although Chloe is a more than capable captain. Uh, how can I work this? From what, I, from, what I'm, from what I'm hearing, it's a case of not being medically fit to fly. Um, due to the injury, which I'm guessing, and I'm only guessing here, maybe blood clots or something, because of the high altitude. The other part to that too, Blake, is cost. Like, and and get this. So the girls flew in on Friday. They had one night right. in the hotel. Right. They got to the hotel, played on the Saturday. On Sunday morning, they had to be out of their hotel at 5 a.m. to get the 8 a.m. flight back to New Zealand. Um, and I know that because I like um, I messaged Bree. I was like, hey, what time did you guys fly out? Because Nat had mentioned they were flying at crazy clock. They, so they got out of – they had to be up at like 4 a.m. to pack, to leave the hotel at 5 to fly back to New Zealand at, you know, 8 a.m. That's but one tough. Of them, 
one of the main reasons why they were flying out is because they were doing community stuff this week, which we can get into in a minute if you want to. But that's one of the main reasons why they were under pressure to fly back because they've been doing community work. So the life of a footballer, I guess. Where would where would you rate um Lily on you like in the in the goalkeepers across the league, Bonnie? Where would you put her? Not that you're just eating a chip for wait till you swallow first. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um very highly. Where would I put very highly. Um and in case Taryn is listening, one of my favorites. Um where would I rate it? As an overall goalkeeper. Maybe second, Annalie Grove. I like, I love Casey. I do. I adore Casey, and I think she's the best shot stopper. Her distribution, terrible. So, as an overall goalkeeper, Lily can do both, but I'm just a massive fan of Annalie Grove. So, it's, yeah, it depends on the day, I think, if I put her top or second, because um, I will happily say I don't rate. Sydney's goalkeeper. Um, I just I don't know. I I can't speak ill of Sydney on the massive dub pod, so I'm gonna get it out now. I don't I don't rate her. She's a fine goalkeeper. Is she yeah. for the Matildas? No, but yeah, no, Lily. Mm. Yeah, Lily's right up there. She's a very good keeper, and the fact that you had Brie, you've got Brie filling in and frustrating the hell out of me and my victory f- friends, is a testament to the fact that you can just have a keeper come and slot in. Um, sort of like what happened to us when we lost Casey and we just found Gabby in the NPL. Um, so you're very you're very lucky in that sense. Two comments then. Do you, where do you rate Bree and do you think Lily's underrated? I think it depends who you speak to, whether Lily is underrated or not. I think I think a lot of people that are very familiar with the dub, are very aware of her abilities. Like, I don't know people that I speak to regularly, I don't know a single person who wouldn't say that Lily is an excellent goalkeeper um, yet to meet that kind of person. So I think it really does depend who you're speaking to. There's probably someone that had come in and knowing knowing her luck, that'd be a game where she has, like, a little bit of a mare, like something goes wrong because everybody is, it, like, it happens to everybody. And that would be the game someone watches and then Twitter just goes crazy saying, oh, this person is, like, Wellington's number one, yada, yada, sort of thing. Uh, in terms of Brie, I haven't watched enough of her to be able to comment. But okay. from what from from my sample size on Sunday, I would say that she's got a promising future again if you can hold on to these players yeah Bree's another one who's like I think she's not maybe not quite 20 or only just turned 20 so she's still super young too so she's got a few years ahead of her so what was your second thought Blake that was for both of them but I I do have another one if we've got time for it so we, we got time yeah okay so um, so another thing that you've been talking about is player poaching, right? So what is your opinion on the Australian teams in terms of having 
seem to be seem to have in the finances because you've got the for example you've got the team who we like to call western united states of america at the moment you know so where does all this finance come from from the bigger clubs and do you think it's unfair to the smaller clubs like a glory or a phoenix or a canberra Bonnie. I it's look, I can't I can't speak a lot for other clubs, but look, full honesty, I'm not a fan of actually Melbourne Victory, the club, the the club itself and the way that they treat their women's team is I I could go on forever and say a lot of things that I probably shouldn't because I need the connections with the club that help me get things going for Vikings but look none of us are a fan of the club and in terms of the finances like I don't know I'm not even sure that these women are invested in much I know some I know some horror stories in terms of things that have happened to the Melbourne Victory women's team where you're like that that had never happened to the men's they'd put all the money into the so that the men's team never have to worry about that so I honestly do think that it's not necessarily a financial issue other than maybe Canberra because they're not essentially bankrolled by a men's team. Um, But I love that about them. So I think it's more to do with how the clubs view their women's team. So someone like Sydney, for example, I think know that they get a lot of success in the women's league and so can sort of push for that and a lot of play like players sort of want to go live in Sydney they want to play for Sydney they're probably more likely to get get a Matilda spot if they play for Sydney whereas Victory I think it's more like it's the culture that draws players there um what's another big club Melbourne City it's the facilities that sort of thing so they're probably actually they're probably a good example they've invested in facilities not necessarily in the way that they market the team and build the squad but they've invested it in the facilities and the training facilities and that's why you saw so many Matildas go play for them all those years ago um so I think it just depends on who you get as a sponsor it also depends on the grounds so like we know that some grounds are super Holly you were telling me on I think it was you that was telling me on Sunday how expensive it was to hire one ground. It was like 40 grand or something to open the gate. Yeah, that's so much money. So it depends on, like, it depends on that. Like, I don't know how much money it costs for us to open Epping Stadium for a couple of hours on Sunday. But, like, you sort of got to look at where the money's going in terms of not the player salaries and all of the other things that come with the game and running the game. Um, to actually probably get a better idea of, like, is there a disparity or are these clubs sort of spending the same on salary and it's just about the facilities and all the other little extra things that sort of come with it? I don't know if I've answered your question. Sorry. Yeah. I'm just going to jump in there and go a little bit sideways because the league has, and the A-League, has a love affair with Sydney, right? They have a love affair with Sydney FC. And so... um, what was the um, – so Rovers or Rovers from Western United scored an absolute banger of a goal right on, just on full time, absolute classic. And what does the A-League do? They go, oh, look at this goal that Seymour's got for Sydney FC. I'm like, 
that was not the goal of the round. The goal of the round was Rovers, who absolutely smashed it, but you guys got because she's Sydney FC. Anyway, I will let that one pass too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, Sorry, Michelle's not Michelle's not here, so <laughs> <laughs> we can say what she wants, but what we want. Uh, just a side note, by the way, Bonnie. If you think the Melbourne one is good, you should see the facility over here. Just saying. You'll have to show me when I come when we come over to Wellington for the. Uh, I think it's fi- final game of the season. I'm pretty sure. The, it, the Wellington away game for us. You'll have to show us around. Okay. Oh, yeah. The facility, the facility is second to none. It is incredible, eh, Blake? For people, and I'm not joking. People over here are saying number one in the world. It's got swimming pools, saunas, bikes. It's got the like this gigantic gym. It's got a full indoor artificial grass turf. It's got six pitches outside. It's got the big video wall where they can do all sorts of stuff. It's got media rooms. Just wow. So hopefully we can help. That's and that you know paying for those sorts of facilities means that we can but, attract but, players. Thanks. Um, picture this, Bonnie. This is another comment I've got. It, I've heard from many people that it blows Premier League and US College out of the water. So hopefully that's going to be a bonus for us. Recruiting is having access to that that kind of facility. So one of the things I enjoyed about uh, Sunday was just spending time with you guys and just sort of having this little corner of yellow with victory vikings and that that's something that's really nice about the dub is that there's no like vitriol between the supporters groups and ultimately everybody's there they're there the thing they really want to do is grow the game and i'm wondering whether you have any sort of ideas or suggestions that you really want to push out there to the you know the the woso the the women's soccer community here in Australia about how we continue to grow the game and and gain more fans. Oh, I don't know. I feel like some days I have a heap of ideas and some days I don't. I think one of the biggest issues I have is this whole mentality of oh, it's only successful if we can convert the the men's fans and the men's active to come to the games. Like that's that's sort of like this weird measure of success they've got. Um, and like speaking from my perspective, like I don't I don't hate the entire OSM. Like I don't like there's this small portion that everybody is aware of who are not nice but the actual overall group they're fine like they're fine we've spoken to them on the way out of leaving the stadium and they ask how the girls went so but it's but people seem to only think oh like it they make a massive deal about when osm or the cove uh, like the men's cove, the men, like OSM, show up to a women's game. They make this massive deal about how great it is yada. No one talks about the fact that they're not there the next week or they're not there the week before or no one seems to mention the the whole bottle-throwing incident. Like I was there. It missed Micah's head by like centimetres. It was a glass bottle. So I think we 
I don't know what it's like for you guys over across the ditch, but there's this mentality of, oh, we need to get the men's active. And that, you know, that's how we capture the audience. It's like, no, you don't need to get the men's active. You just need to find the group of people that just want to enjoy football and just help them. And I don't like double headers because you're essentially making people choose between games. There are a lot of people out there that I know that go to both the men and the women. Four hours of football is a lot. Like if I wanted to, I could not stay for the men's game or go to, go to the men's game and then and then watch the women because that's just way too long and I get exhausted. There's a lot of planning and logistics that we have to do for Vikings. So that that's probably like my biggest thing, like stop focusing on grabbing the men and just like market to football fans. Like you don't even have to market it as women's football, just market it to football fans. Like if you care about the club, you'll go and watch your team. Like every now and then I've gone to a Melbourne victory men's game. Do I go to a lot of them? No, but is most of my time taken up with the women's game? Yes. So that's, that's my biggest issue that like, that's the, that's the one thing I think you need to fix. And then everything else sort of starts to fall into place. Right. As we wind down here, is there anything else you want to talk about? Yes. Just one, just one, one kind of little, this is where I'm just going to come in at the end. So I've got two, two bugbears at the moment, two bugbears. Number one, when Alyssa went down in the heat in that game, only one player from either squad came up to her to check on who she was, and it was a victory player. So I get it that the next woman were probably hot and they were standing on the side getting drinks, but if your player is collapsed on the ground and they're getting carried off by your medical staff, I would expect that if it was if it was me, I'd hope that my team would come over and say, hey, yeah, what's going on? Are you all right? That's my first bugbear. I'll leave it at that. I don't want to go into that too much. The second one is, and I've been looking on the keypat.com.au and I've printed off my props. The problem is that when I compare how we're playing against the other teams, we are way too deep. Like we like even our front our front players are kind of on that halfway line or just above just before it, and we're bunched really in the middle. Whereas I look at what um the victory we're doing on the weekend, and like they're like the strikers and the midfield are pushing up, pushing up, whereas our team are getting clogged and stuck in the middle. So what I think is what I think is missing. What I think we is missing amongst our team, and I'm going to say this now, and if Coach Nat is watching this, you know I'm right. I think part of the issue we've got is we've actually got the Phoenix have two teams at the moment. We've got the young players team, and then we've got the older players that have come in later, and the two haven't quite gelled yet, and that's showing. So here's what's here's here's what I think we need above all else at the moment. <laughs> We need the players to actually trust each other and work together because I think we had um, – so we've, we've got the young ones who've come forward. They've got some talent. They've got some skill. They're not being able to show it. We've got some older ones who are there who can do the job. But for some reason, the, these two sections just aren't coming together. 
And I think that's what we, if we can get this, if we can get trust happening amongst our players, I think we're on to a winner. We should have rolled the victory on the weekend. They were absolutely sitting ducks. We could have taken them and we plundered the perfect opportunity. I'll shut up now. That's my rant over for today. I think we'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, so, uh, where can people find you, uh, Bonnie? Uh, so you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. It's Victory Vikings on Instagram and Victory underscore Vikings on Twitter. Uh, or you can hear me at the Ladies League, which is the Ladies A League on Twitter uh, once a week on the pod. Okay. And if you do find the lady, if you do find the Ladies A League on Twitter, send a tweet has, like to either Michelle or Taryn saying hashtag Bonnie is the best. Oh God, um, no, don't do that. <laughs> They're going to fire me from the pod now. On, <laughs> on, on that note, we'll say uh, like and subscribe to this video on YouTube and we'll see you on another one.